From deep inside the Death Star, I'm Chad Veter. And I'm Andrew Richards. And I'm Gov Maharaj. And welcome to Defrag Tools, the show that takes you inside Microsoft and inside Windows. We've got Gov on the show here uh, once again. He's been on a few times, and many of you may know him from another show called The Defrag Show. The Genesis. Yeah, which actually <laughs> was the uh, parent of our show, it as was. it were. Um, uh, so uh, good to have Gove here. Uh, we're actually kind of, uh, yeah, your Defrag show hasn't had any new episodes for, for a little while, right? So we're kind of uh, bringing you over to this side of the fold. Maybe we'll kind of merge, uh, merge forces, join, join forces. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, some good synergy that uh, can be accomplished here. Um, Defrag show, there was just some, uh, some issues that uh, we need to work through. <laughs> very uh, the, major, the major ethos difference was Defrag was Defrag show was very question and answer, five ten topics per show, and lots of lots of different concepts. Where we've always done like one concept per show. Kind of deep dive. And we'll, 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 there's synergy there, right? There's questions that we can join together and talk about collectively, and, yeah. and that's really what we'll go go to in the future. Is um, yeah. The type of synergy. So, what's the email addresses? You know them. I know them. So, there's two email addresses, and I guess you can use either defragtools at microsoft.com or defragshow at microsoft.com. Send us your questions, and uh, we'll we'll try and get them answered. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're looking to do more of that. So, uh, so thanks for being on uh, Gove. And we're going to be talking about some upgrade stuff today, which is a, a topic near and dear to my heart because <laughs> I I work with. <laughs> with partners all the time who are, are struggling with this stuff, so yeah, uh, I mean the the nice stuff, nice thing about what uh, I'd like to cover today is that it applies to not just IT pros, it applies to the home user, it applies to anybody that is just having some upgrade issues or just want to get a better understanding of what's going on during upgrade. Mm -hmm. um, I so this is this is you're using the word upgrade. So this includes Windows Update. Is it really just big OS flights? What terminology are you using here? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I cover it all, or at least I care about it all. Uh, so from the individual updates that occur on a monthly basis, um, the actual full feature upgrades that occur every six months, they all basically travel through the same pipe. It's all Windows Update. Mm -hmm. um, the major difference is, of course, the smaller updates, the monthly updates, what we like to call LCUs, latest cumulative, latest cumulative update, um, just uses a portion of the stack, mm. uh, the update stack, in order to pull down updates and apply them. Mm -hmm. uh, causes a reboot most of the time, sometimes not. The full feature update is just a much larger update that comes down through Windows Update and gets transferred to a different executor, essentially. Mm. And then it basically does the same thing that we've all done before when we had ISO or media. You'd run setup and you'd choose upgrade, and it would just do that behind the scenes. Right. Um, now, if we go back years and years and years when you put that CD in, that was a multi-hour experience, right? Right. And we've done a huge amount of work to bring that time down and down and down. We're down to minutes or something now, right? Well, it depends how fast your drive is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it, oddly enough, uh, interesting that you brought that up. Yeah. Just last night, I did an upgrade to 1803 um, on an Atom PC. Wow. Uh, the Surface 3. Low-end processor. Low-end processor, uh, EMMC memory. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's the Surface 3. It's like the best Atom laptop mm -hmm. that you can get, mm -hmm. right? Or 
at least at the time, it's still, yeah. still pretty decent. Mm -hmm. um, and EMC is not the fastest hard drive type, right? No. It that, it's not it's like not, SSD It's speed, not right? an SSD. This is the slower form, but it is much, much lower power right. and lower cost. Yeah. Uh, and just from the time of the reboot, so everything has actually been installed in the background. If you go to the settings, um, it's saying it will say reboot. Reboot is. now. So the update and security page under settings. See clearly, I'm this machine is pending updates. So I had already downloaded it. It had done everything. The only thing to, left to do was to reboot the system. Mm. Rebooting the system took two hours. Ooh, wow! On an atom on an atom machine, mm -hmm. wow. and this is not the normal case for non-atom PCs. Mm -hmm. You know, if you do it on a Core i3, i5, i7, on a true SSD, even a spinning drive. Mm -hmm. With a with a Core i5, i3, i7, uh, it would never take that long. That long at all. Mm -hmm. um, so we definitely have some performance issues that need to be worked out because you know the ultimate goal is to have the feature upgrade as seamless and as painless and as fast as a regular monthly update. Just like yeah, mm. a monthly update. Um, you know, on this machine, for example, when I upgraded it to 1803, it took under 20 minutes. Mm. Right. Right, it's fast SSD. It's fast, fast SSD. This is uh, uh, the Surface Pro Four, the right. original yeah. Surface Pro Four. Right. Yeah, right. I know that my big behemoth desktop would do it in just a couple of minutes, mm -hmm. um, which is all yeah. SSD based, huge amount of RAM. Mine yeah. takes longer, but I just got an SSD which I need to install <laughs> to replace the old HDD, and that will make it much much That's nicer. Better. It's but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something I'd like to see us keep working on. That uh, I know we get a lot of feedback from partners and customers that that needs to be faster and more seamless on a, a range of hardware, not just yeah. high end. Not just the high end hardware. And I think mm -hmm. you got to remember. It's doing a huge amount of work here. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not one of those things that is just going to be, oh, you sh this should be one second. No. Yeah. You are trying to move gigabytes and gigabytes of data around and reconfigure things, right? It's not a small task. It's, it's quite impressive, the scale of it, actually. Yeah. What, what's funny is um, oftentimes I'll get the question that, you know, Windows, the upgrade has uninstalled an application, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, this is gone. It, why did Microsoft uninstall an app? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because the upgrade doesn't uninstall anything. The mm -hmm. upgrade, it's at its most basic concept, is you take the OS, you lay it down as is on the hard drive, and you simply point portions of the old OS or your old environment to the new OS, and that's it. Mm -hmm. If it, if something isn't there, it means that it didn't get repointed. It is still there in the original OS, which is why we can do rollback so easily. Right. We simply repoint it back to the old OS, change the boot entry, and boom, you're right back up again. So uh, has the application itself done something wrong in not having that transferability? Or? Actually, yes. There's, um, there's oftentimes what will happen during the migration process is we have to go and scan essentially the entire drive in order to figure out, okay, what is the OS and what is not the OS? Mm -hmm. Because in our standard model is that when you lay down the new OS, we don't migrate anything from the old OS because you have an entirely new OS there. If you mm -hmm. did no migration whatsoever, you'd just be able to boot up and it would be a clean install of Windows. What we're saying is that, yes, you're booting up a new install of Windows, but we're going to take parts of the old OS or your old environment and inject it in to make it a merged view, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens during a regular software install. So you clean install a machine, you install software, it has merged itself into the view 
of the, the operating system. Mm -hmm. So the, when things don't move over properly, it means that the application, the driver, the file, the registry entry, whatever, was either put into a place that was deemed to be OS. Kind of like volatile, you might say, might be the word for All, it. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's another way to put it. It was, it was injected in a way that was not an extension point or not a documented extension point mm. of the OS. So when we look at it, we go, Okay, that we're not moving that over because it looks like OS. Doesn't look like an app. It doesn't look like an app, exactly. Right. So it's not even so much a choice that we make. It's a, well, this was OS, and we simply don't migrate anything that is OS. This folder is OS. So, so in so cases like that, people should maybe contact the app developer and say, hey, this doesn't seem to be up, uh, you know, making the transition to the new OS. Can you? I've, I've especially found it funny when I've gotten those types of questions where it's like, it didn't survive the upgrade from seven to eight. It didn't survive the upgrade from eight to ten. It didn't survive the upgrade from any intra ten upgrades. It's like, yeah. It's highly, highly unlikely that it would ever survive an upgrade <laughs> yeah. because we have clearly said it is doing something that makes it look like OS and we don't migrate OS. We have to take yeah. additional override steps in order to say, oh, okay, you are doing something that makes it look like OS. We are going to override our own logic mm. and special case you and say, okay, we will still migrate. We will. Assume that you're not OS through our base rules, and then we'll go look at it and say, okay, you're, you're really an app, mm. and we'll move you over. So have you got an example of maybe a mistake? Like my, my guess is something like I make foo.exe, and I just put it in with system32 folder. That's, is that an example like that? That is an absolute example like that. Another case would be if you simply uh, write a driver and then the corresponding services key, and that's it. That's how, that's how you install the driver. And, you are unlikely so to. So you'll, you'll boot. You'll boot. You'll there's no registration of you, though, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. there's, no, there's no inf file. No INF. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you don't have an INF file, then the system goes, we don't know about you because we take we have the no new info. We, we have no info. info right? We look through the <laughs> INF files. Because we can't simply go, yeah. okay, lay down the new OS and enumerate all the services key and just copy them over. We can't do that. Yeah. Right? We can't just say, well, copy the ones that weren't there before because. Maybe that's actually not correct. We have to go from a source of truth, yeah. and that source of truth is the driver being installed into the driver store along right. with the inf. And then we can go look at the driver store and say, okay, what is it that we actually need to move over? There are the documented extension points, the documented ways of installing things, and we will properly move those over because we're designed to move those over. Yeah. Does the um, system tunnels auto runs list of auto runs points, does that kind of relate to? What you're talking about is known extension points. Absolutely, um, the auto runs uh, will cover you know the stuff that is designed to um, automatically run, obviously, and but it doesn't necessarily track all registry keys that mm. are not extension points. And right? I think Mark has more extension points that are officially supported too, mm -hmm. right? So there's, but it's a good way of knowing. Hey, there's some evidence of it, of it existing. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Like it would be the difference of, you know, installing an application and properly registering a uh, com class ID versus, you know, registering a proxy ID and taking over an, an inbox uh, com component. Mm. Right? You that would not be 
a recognized documented extension because you're taking over what the OS provides. Mm. And that would not be migrated over. Are there cases where we may accidentally even clean up malware or something by not migrating it over? I'm just, it just sort of hit me <laughs> because they wouldn't probably install during the, through the normal documented ways, right? They wouldn't install through the normal documented ways. Uh, depends on the type of malware, yeah, of course, that's It's probably hit or miss. There, but yeah, maybe there's cases where that might We have not it's not purposefully the designed right. the upgrade to That's, get rid of malware. We rely on the antivirus defender. and defender in order yeah. to do that. Sure. And also just not letting them get on the box in the first place. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So what's the uh, general approach to um, troubleshooting these type of things? I mean, we'll probably split this into two episodes and have one a deep dive. But what's the basic approach? I mean, I saw that if we go back to the setup page, um, which I think you maybe you closed. Um, no, the 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 Control panel, upgrade ah. page. I notice that there's an error code there right now. Um, is that really a good place to start? Um, and we can actually look. We talked about H results last episode, and th there's a great H result right there, 80248007, right at the top there. So right. um, I know that um, we documented the facilities last week, so maybe we jump to that and let's find out what 24 is. Um, and just do a search for 24. Yep, that's the Windows the Update facilities. facility code. So that's not really unsurprising. We're in Windows Update, and we exactly. see a Windows Update error code. Mm -hmm. Is this type of thing that is publicly documented very well, or is it, is it something that um, you, know, you can just go look up? Um, usually, just by the whole error code, you can search them up. Um, they are not necessarily always the best documented, but there is a page here. Um, that I have that will go through the actual error codes. Um, now, these ones are specific to upgrade, not update. Mm -hmm. um, well, maybe you can explain the difference there. So because Windows Update is the transport mechanism for pulling down all of the updates, uh, for anything that is non-upgrade related, think of it in terms of stages. So when you do a Windows Update, you'll pull down a payload, you'll execute it, um, CBS or what have you will do the rest of the install. And CBS stands for? The component-based uh, servicing. Okay. Um, that's the overarching technology around servicing OS components. And this is where things like the background intelligent transfer service is used to help you get the files and the peer-to-peer -peer networking is used to get it locally yep. and all that type of stuff. So we're talking about more about the, the, the download and acquiring the, the acquiring. Right. There's, yeah. there's the acquiring and then there's the, um, well, if you look at it from the very beginning, it's the scan phase. So you have to figure out, is an update available for me at all? Mm -hmm. Then there's the download phase mm -hmm. and then there's the install phase. And in each of those phases, that is still talking about Windows Update, the, right. that portion of the stack. Okay. And, uh, when, and when a, an individual machine talks to Windows Update, it is orchestrating an update strategy for that machine purely, correct? Correct. It's not like we say, hey, everybody in the world, here's this driver. No, right. we say, based on the evidence you've provided, this is the appropriate things for you. you we know that you have, and I think it was Defender then, we know you have Defender installed, so we will offer you Defender updates. But if you don't have Defender installed, I don't know how you would do that, but right. uh, we wouldn't offer them, right? Yeah, or you're only going to get drivers that for, for hardware that exists on yeah. your machine, right? And this also kind of works for the OS install itself, right? So we Correct. know that this chassis has had enough testing 
and a success rate. It's a that's you know that's a success a rate of success that's acceptable, and then we offer you the big updates. Yes, right, and that's how you get this slow progression. And you can jump the bar and say force an update. Yeah, but that's a slightly different thing, but right. So you're, you're running, big, your, you're running yeah. your own risk if you do that. For the big updates, right? We use actually now machine learning. Um, so we have some AI on the back end that that monitors success rates when people get a new full Windows OS upgrade, and and we know, hey, uh, you know, we've done a small percentage of of systems of this class of this model. We know they seem to work well. We'll start doing a little bit more. And, um, and so that's why a lot of people will ask us, like, hey, you know, the new Windows uh, 1803 is out. Why don't I get it? Well, you'll get it eventually, but we don't just do everybody at once, right? Um, but if you want it, you can go click check for updates and you'll get it. You'll jump the queue. Yeah. You'll jump the queue. The, um, we do have, of course, mechanisms in place that if we know um, beforehand that an upgrade is going to cause you harm. Yes. Um, you know, a data loss, blue screen, um, you know, unrecoverability, like you can't even go back. We will prevent you from getting uh, the upgrade in that case. And there's two mechanisms for doing so. There's the mechanism of you can click for updates as much as you like and that still will not be offered to you. Right. Um, that's, that's in the case where, you know, there is a lot of information that says we cannot give this to you until there's a proper fix. So that kind of like the feature update, will, until you get a Windows update that fixes that, that issue, that will flush through, we'll make sure it's resident, and then, yeah. then it will open your own. And we'll unblock those systems. Or whatever the, whatever the root cause is for, for having that block, we will remove it, mm -hmm. and then you'll be able to download it. That's the first phase. Now, of course, that only helps users that are getting their updates through Windows Update. Okay. It doesn't help anybody that is getting it from ISO or from Media or um, uh, the through physicalness. Yes, <laughs> through yeah. physical. Through physical. Uh, you know, we have a second stage of blocks for that, where we will prevent upgrade or install when um, there's particular characteristics of the machine okay. that that show it, um, and in those cases you may or may not be able to get past it. There, there are certain blocks that, are in, that uh, we have in those cases that there's nothing a user could do. Like they would have to buy an entirely new machine in order to get upgraded. Or you know, they would have to get a new CPU if they mm. didn't have the uh, particular instruction the, set. The minimum required. requirements. Of the, the minimum requirements. Yeah. Mm. Cool. So that's kind of the phase of being told what to do, yes. and then it moved, and that's the CBS. You said orchestrates that. Um, no, that's at a much higher level than the CBS. CBS will get involved at the actual time of needing to be serviced. Okay, so then what's the next phase? So then it transitions into this other phase. So the setup phase is is different from the CBS phase because CBS isn't invoked when um, you're doing a full feature upgrade. Mm -hmm. What happens there is that Windows Update will say, "Oh, there's a feature update." I'm a different class. It's kind of like uh, the difference between Defender updates and Driver updates. Mm. There's a different class. There's the feature update. And in that case, what will happen is it simply brings down the entire ESD, the, um, um, think of it as an ISO, and it will hand off to the setup. And it'll just say, go and execute. Here's your payload. Go and execute. Go and then it is ultimately no different, very little different, than uh, what you'd see interactively if you used media. 
you choose the upgrade scenario. There's a bunch of command line options that can be used. And we will do much of the upgrade in the background while you're still using your machine. So a very poor analogy would be, I'm just running a setup to XE like I used to do from years ago. And that's you just can't see it. You just can't see it. Yep. Yeah. All right, and even when you run setup at .exe, there's a whole lot of stuff that happens before that first reboot, right? right. So that's essentially checking for running. updates, look, checking for blocks. That's essentially yeah. running in the background. Yep. And then eventually you'll get a pop-up saying you need to reboot or correct. Yeah. You'll get the notification uh, that says you know a feature update has been installed. Please reboot now or schedule a reboot, and then. It'll go through, and you know, assuming you're not on an Atom PC, it should take, you know, <laughs> minutes uh, in order to get you back up and running in the next OS. Is there any policy around um, whether you've got power plugged in or not? And Absolutely. Like uh, you know, we don't want to uh, schedule that if you're on uh, DC, if you're on battery. Mm -hmm. uh, we also don't do, uh, we don't pull down the upgrade if you're on a metered network, mm -hmm. for example. So there's lots of things that we will do to ensure that you know it's a good time that you're not uh, going to be overly impacted um, and I assume it doesn't happen when like the lids close and it's in sleep correct yeah so you don't get those thermal problems correct yeah yeah we we ensured that we would not incur like the hot bag scenario mm -hmm. um, and like I say the, the big one is you know if you're on DC power we're gonna say you're just not ready to do it mm -hmm. um, we will attempt to inform uh, if you're on a machine that's extremely old that hasn't get, been getting updates uh, for a very long time, we'll attempt to inform you, hey, you need to be on AC in order to get the upgrade mm. um, and you know, in order to uh, facilitate and push users into continuing along with it because we obviously don't want people to be uh, insecure um, by lagging behind the upgrades. Mm. Uh, it's very important that your machine upgrades in order to keep up to date because if you're not being serviced, then you are uh, lacking in security. Um, yeah, I think the, the, the security thing is the key. I mean, it as is much as you want to fundamentally the only. If thing. you want to ignore the fact that you haven't got a new feature, that's fine, right? But mm -hmm. when it comes down to it, being safe is the number one priority on machine. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much at risk. Mm -hmm. uh, your personal information is so valuable. It's it's yeah, it's definitely important to do. Um, mm -hmm. So after the setups come through, um, is there any last phase after you've kind of come up and the new OS is live? Is there What's the, what's, how's the, how's this whole story end? So uh, it's usually what we call UBI, the out-of-box experience. Uh, now typically for Windows 10 to Windows 10 upgrades, this is a very fast thing. Um, it will take, you know, about a minute to do some final initialization of your user because, you know, your user has been migrated from the previous OS. It may have some minor changes for in your user profile in order to make sure that, um, the per user settings, uh, registry keys have been set up correctly. Uh, any state that needed to be migrated that can only happen under your user account has actually occurred on the other side. Mm -hmm. But it's usually just a very small. Um, yeah, it's a minute or so. Yeah. Is this the same, essentially the same Ubi technology that you Ubi executable that you run through when you? get your machine in the first place. Yep. It's just sort of an abbreviated script, right? It's, a, it's abbreviated because most of that stuff has already been done sure. but, you know, when yeah. you first uh, set up your machine. Right. Um, it's just a bunch of, bunch of settings that says, uh, what type of upgrade have we done? You know, this is a build-to-build -build upgrade. And so we've 
don't need to go through the entire thing of like setting up Cortana or yeah. uh, you know picking your wireless network because all of that is already done. For yeah. I know a couple of releases ago we went, we reprompted the privacy screen because we changed our policy and so that was the one screen that came up. Yep. Even though wireless and all these other things had been answered, this had to get re-answered. Um, so because we take privacy extremely seriously. Extremely. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you've just done three courses on it. Yes. Extremely. Yeah, or that whole GDPR <laughs> you know, regulation. It's actually or... kind of funny. Security and privacy would have to be neck and neck in terms of the priorities of the company. Oh, yeah. without doubt. Right? Yeah. Like there, there really is nothing else. That's, yeah. If, yeah, it doesn't get any higher than that. If one of those two things lands on your desk, you are doing nothing else. <laughs> exactly. Until one of those two things is finished. I, I, tr I try to tell people this. Like, people worry about security and Microsoft and all these corporate. And I'm like, man, Microsoft is very serious about yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, we, we tend to talk in terms of priorities, mm. you know, and privacy and security tend to be what I like to call privacy or. Uh, Priority negative one. <laughs> <laughs> like it literally trumps all else. Back in yeah. my back in my old um, bank days, we had priority you know zero to five, but we also had priority X, which is executive. Is like <laughs> yeah. it's like an executive says do this, yeah, you, you go do this. Priority X. Privacy violation would essentially just uh, mean stop doing everything you're doing yeah. and go fix this. I'm, I'm quite proud of how well Microsoft has executed its privacy story. It's it's astoundingly hard to get access to anything. Mm -hmm. um, very, very few people have, human beings have access to hardly anything. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, and it's, you only get it, the access to the thing that you need when you need it. And then you lose it. And yeah. then you lose it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah. All right, that's a good story. I think we might end it there. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then we can maybe dive in more in a later episode yeah. into more more detail. Uh, thanks again, Go, for being back on the show. And uh, we will uh, see you all next time. I'm not sure which camera to look at. We've got this new this studio. new studio. I'm all, it's all new and different. Uh, thanks for watching, as always. Uh, questions or comments, put them in the show notes down below or email us, defragtools at microsoft.com or defragshow at microsoft.com. I we, think we'll probably all get both of those. They're the same email. Essentially, <laughs> they're the same people now. Uh, but again, thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Take care.